Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by Connecticut born and bred multi-instrumentalist and indie pop rock artist Jake Huffman to talk about new music. Jake, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Good. Oh, you're very welcome. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Where are, you, uh, where are you joining us from today, mate? And um, what have you been up to so far this week? Uh, oh man, this week's been crazy. I, so I'm in Connecticut, you know, I'm, I'm right outside of New York. Yep. Um, so this is a show week. Uh, we're playing, uh, I'm playing in, in the city with my band on, on Thursday. So, you know, we've been running rehearsals and rehearsals are always late at night. So, yep. you know, my days have been like, it's a lot of studio work in the morning. Um, it's a release, this is like a release month too. So it's just been a bunch of like, been a bunch of like release work and then studio work and yeah. then really late night long hours rehearsals um so it'll be nice to get the show uh show done on thursday yeah we're, we're gonna wrap it but it'll be nice to get a little bit more sleep next week yeah yeah for sure for sure no it's something to look forward to man it's cool that's nice um so before we talk about playing shows and stuff i mean obviously you've already mentioned um that upcoming gig but i understand you've relatively recently decided to embark on a, on a proper solo music career all of which um the the new record and the new stuff is, is all entirely written performed produced by yourself which is awesome um before we talk about new projects you were previously the lead vocalist and drummer in rock band mclovin's um yeah if we talk about that because like viral kind of went a bit crazy um Tell us about, I mean, tell us about your, you know, your musical origins, um, so to speak, Jake, and, and, and how the band was started. Um, you know, it's funny, all this stuff makes me, I, I feel so old now because it was so <laughs> long ago. So it, it was in 2008 and I was, I was 14 at the time. Uh, me and my two other buds, Jason and Jeff, we posted a uh, video, a cover of Fishes You Enjoy Myself on YouTube. Mm. And we just threw it up there for our friends and family. And then lo and behold, the next day we woke up and the video had gone viral. And this is like, I guess what was this, over, you know, like 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, like viral meant something a little bit different. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. you know, we woke up and, and there was 10,000 views overnight. Um, and with those 10,000 views, I also had about like, you know, 300 emails where, mm. you know, promoters and people were asking us for gigs. And then, you know, the that video really just changed the, the trajectory of, you know, I'll speak for myself. It, it, it changed the trajectory of my life and it, sure. you know, it, it solidified, you know, the fact that I wanted to be a musician and then boom, I was like, Oh, I can do that now. Um, you know, we started playing gigs. Uh, we, we, over the course of the band, you know, we built, uh, we had a great team. We went on tour a bunch. We made a bunch of records and, uh, you know, it was just, it was this amazing jumping off point. It was like, uh, I kind of think of it as like, I kind of got like a, a, a doctorate degree in being in a band, you know, <laughs> by being in the band. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully qualified. Yeah. No, no, it's it's cool, man. Um, who, who were your musical influences at the time? Um, who were you listening to? And, and did you kind of share the same, uh, you know, did you love the same genres as, as your bandmates and... and... Yeah, you know, we, I mean, when you're like 14, that's like, at least for me, that's like a pivotal time when you find, you're like finding music that you like. You're trying to, you know, because you you grew up and, you know, your parents play stuff for you (laughs) and, you know, music's there. But then 
I remember I had I had like an iPod and I would just go on iTunes and I would I would just I would find an album I'd like try out all the albums then you know you had to buy the album mm. so I would I would listen to all those like thirty second you'd get like a thirty second preview and I'd listen to those and then you know you'd, you'd figure out, figure out what album you wanted to buy. Um, and then, you know, at the time the you know, we would send albums to each other, we'd burn CDs, we'd give them to each other, you know, we'd try to find a bunch of new music. So we were, we were like went down the rabbit hole. We, when we started getting fans, our fans would start sending us music that they liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really explorative, amazing time, um, you know, kind of growing up. It, I, they're like, if I'm going to give you specific names of like drummers, I mean, Stuart Copeland's my favorite rock drummer, Max Roach and Art Blakey, like the jazz drumming, okay. like, like thinking of drums, like melodically, uh-huh. um, less as a rhythmic instrument. They were definitely, you know, big influences, but I think just the, the amalgamation of all of the music that, that we were just kind of inundated with, like we were just trying to find weirder and more. Yeah. And it was, we just like kind of were going down rabbit holes. And I think, through all of that, we, you know, at least for me, like my influence is kind of just, it's just a, a mush of everything. Yeah. It, it, it became to the point where I don't really, I don't really listen to music and I'm like, oh, this is good or bad. I just like kind of, you know, it's like, because music kind of is an feeling, emotional language. It? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't have favorite words. I also don't have favorite music right yeah. now. It's just, I just all take it for what it is. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do, you definitely go down the rabbit hole. Um, one way or another and uh yeah man um i mean if we talk about a little bit about uh which, did you start producing around that time as well jake or is that something you've kind of more recently been doing because obviously we we spoke about um if we talk about you know going solo um what was the kind of catalyst for making that decision did you did you just think did you just start doing it yourself and think i'm just going to start putting out tunes on my own was it quite a quite a natural kind of organic thing for you yeah, it, I, I would say that the, the catalyst was the pandemic. Um, you yeah. know, you just have all yeah. this time when you have to like kind of regroup. Um, I saw a lot of people in my world stop being musicians during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was a time when people kind of looked in the mirror. They're like, what am I doing? Like, if I can't play it, then I can't do this. And what I decided to do was to go back to school um, and I went to Berkeley online, which I would suggest to anybody. Um, and I did a production certificate there. Nice. Um, I right before, like in, in 2019, I went to LA and I, I had two songs produced by a producer named Andy Seltzer. Who's like, he's a, he's a phenomenal, he's a wizard. Um, and I saw him do that. And I was just like, man, like that it's, it's kind of different than, what I assumed and maybe, you know, I'd worked with producers before earlier in my career, but I never looked at them as like, I'm like, Oh, like maybe I would want to try my hand at doing that. So I I would definitely say that working with Andy, actually watching him produce inspired me to really, you know, finally jump off the diving board into, you know, wanting to do that. But I didn't, you know, like I I got Ableton. I like tried to do stuff and I was like, I feel like I needed a little, I I needed more help than like I needed the professional guidance um, and like the insight. And like, I needed to be taught it from the ground up. Like even things I already knew, I just wanted to be retaught everything from the ground up. And, and that, you know, luckily, I mean, luckily for, for what it was, you know, I had all that time during the pandemic. So, you know, for, for a year and a half, I just was, I like stayed in my studio and I, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of work and I started, 
I started producing for the other, you know, the, my, my band is, is made up of bandmates that I produce for and we're all in each other's band. We're kind of like this like band ecosystem. Yeah. And so, you know, we just, I just started like kind of putting that energy into, into our group and it just kind of turned into there. And so now I have like, kind of like a stable of, of more artists that I produce. Um, And it's still a growing thing that that, that's the newest, uh, it's the newest flower in my garden. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And there definitely was, uh, I mean, it was obviously it was horrendous that the pandemic and we, we don't want to dwell on it too much, but that was one of the silver linings that I think producers or, or, you know, music lovers just rediscovered their passion and, and really, you know, dive back into the, um, the nitty gritty stuff and, and got back in the studio. Like you say, have you got a studio yourself, Jake, or are you just kind of doing, have you got like a little, yeah, everything in the box. Have you got some, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a home studio. It's, it's that way. It's, yeah. it's up the stairs. Nice. You know, it's just like a, it's just a small room. Um, this now, so I've, I've produced, a, I've produced a bunch of tracks just all in there, you know, in the box, I have some yeah. outboard gear, you know, you, you can balance it. You can do a lot nowadays with drum sampling, but the, the most recent EP, I, I essentially produced everything in the studio, then took all the stems and re-recorded, you know, we kept some stuff, but I re-recorded it at, um, at the studio. Power station, Power station, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just because, you know, it was the it's the room, you know, like you, you can do anything in the box and stuff, but you can't get the room, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something about like real drums in, in an actual specific room with like the right room mics. It's just, sure. uh, there's just something so polished about that. And it's not, it's not for everything. Like not all my productions would need that, but that this, this EP needed that extra polish, especially yeah. because we were taking it to radio. It's like, it, it needs to be able to compete with yeah. some of those more um, mix and mastered you know. properly. And yeah, absolutely. And um, the, uh, you, what you say you took the stems to, to power station, um, which is in new England for, for listeners, pretty iconic place. Um, did you take the stems there and just do everything yourself there, Jake? Or, um, would you just working with some of the engineers there, you know? So uh, I worked, um, I, I partnered up with, uh, with Evan Baki, who is the studio manager there. Yeah. He's also the engineer. And then we had, um, then Trev, Trev was there. Uh, Trev, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name. Um, <laughs> but, but Trev is also the sound engineer. And what Evan did is he set up, so Power Station, it's, it's a very large live room. You know, they have a bunch of things. But we, what we did is we took down all the extra walls that you can put up. Yeah. And what Evan did is, you know, we set up every single instrument that we could think of. There was like six guitar amps. There was two drum sets. We had a grand piano, the, the B3 and the Leslie, um, you know, all the instrument, all the percussion. Like there's like a couch with like a couple acoustic guitars and we mic'd everything up properly. Yeah, nice. So essentially we we came in, we listened to the songs, you know, about, you know, a day we took a day, we listened to the songs, we made a plan, but then during the tracking session, which is a week, I just, Evan would be there and he'd just be on the record button and on the talk back. And then I would just be bouncing from instrument to instrument, just like kind of no rhyme or reason, just being like, Oh, let's do the drums now. Oh, let's do some piano. You know, maybe it'd be cool if we did some like guitar hits. What if we put the vocal through the Leslie? And yeah, then it was yeah. just that there were 12 hour days where it was just essentially playing and, you know, it's like recess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was the, it was kind of, it was the best week of my entire life. It, it feels really surreal, but just being able to have That's that nice. freedom, you know, I don't have to wear the producer hat and then also wear the artist yeah. hat, and then you know, like 
it, it's it's tough when you're doing it yourself because you have to like be a little schizophrenic about it. But but it's it's but, fun and it's and the payoff is big, right? When you when you think, wow, shit, like I did that all myself. And I mean, this track "Martyr," um, which was uh, written, recorded, and produced at at Power Station that we've just been talking about. Um, for our listeners, can you explain what the track's about? I mean, I've I've had a listen, and I've, you know, it's quite an emotive yeah. subject, really. Um, and and I suppose, what do you hope uh, listeners will take away from from listening to the track? Um, you know, I one of my oh, this is like a it's like a long winded answer, but yeah, um, okay, if you if yeah, okay, give me the short so version. What, like if there is a short version, uh, the, the short version is that, you know, martyr is about like not dying on a hill. I mean, there's like people just like, man, nowadays people are just all about like just making their opinion. And then they're, this is my opinion. But then three weeks later, like they got to change their opinion. Cause that's not the opinion they're supposed to have. And then it's like, you know, like people just kind of forgot that, that humans are humans. And, you know, everybody's just kind of like going through like a robot on their screen. And like, you know, the martyrs about Instagram comments, man, yeah, like I yeah. like even I, I find myself I, I like just get sucked into like just I like see a negative comment. And then you see there's like 300 responses and you'll click on that. And then it's just like it's just like Negativity, a wall of shit. It's just yeah. like people are just yelling at each other. And like it's so easy. Like you can just watch it. It's like trash TV. Man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Forever. But you know, the life isn't that life is outside of the box. You know, it's, it's outside. It's, um, and I think martyrs, one of those tunes where I, I was just like, I was just a little bit upset at the time and, and trying to just, and I was just like, what's like some like crazy shit that I can say. Somebody like, that, yeah. you know, and, and like, it, it it's, it's kind of cathartic. Like you say all this stuff and like, you know, like, we're just like, especially when we play it live, like we're, we're like screaming, like, yeah. uh, if you know what's good for you like the whole band we're just like screaming that it feels really good it feels really good to do that to play that live uh, as well nice yeah yeah well so, thursday you know, thursday yeah it's, it's just it's just supposed to be a little you know fun thing it's just uh i was just like poking it was like poking barely but <laughs> no it's a great track uh listeners go check it out um Marta by jake huffman um you've also shared the stage with i'm reading here jake blink 182 foster the people BB King, the Flaming Lips, like pretty, pretty cool, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, those are all you know, McLovin's days on, on big festivals. Well, we, we opened up for BB King. Um, that that was a crazy one. I mean, you know, he's absolute. That's legend. pretty dope, man. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's super surreal. Just you know, going through. If you go back down the number line, you you start thinking about all those uh, all, all all the times and stuff and. You, you hope for good ones in the future too. So, you know, if, you know, for sometimes, honestly, like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of artists can relate to this, you know, they, they look at their bio and like the bio has just kind of stayed the same for a while, you know, e- even if it, you know, it's like cool, you know, for new people, they look at that, they're like, Oh shit, look at that. You know, but like when it's you, you're looking at your bio, you're like, man, like I got to do some more stuff. I got to change. The bio. This bio has been the same for a couple of years, you know? Yeah, man. It's well, it's like you say, it's it's a big deal as well, social media in terms of being, you know, promoting yourself and all the rest of it. As much as we hate the the negativity and all that crap that also comes with it, it's like, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword in that sense, I guess. Um, yeah. But um, are you always, are you always are you, I was going to say, are you always just writing music, Jake? Are you just always kind of, you know, putting ideas down? Is it always just, yeah? 
you know, I, yes, but I, man, I've been going through a dry spell. I, uh, I, I wrote a song yesterday. Um, but before that, like, I mean, I've gone through like, it was like 15 ideas. And then I, I like wrote this song and I wrote all the, you know, like I made the song, like, you know, and then I re I wrote the lyrics and I sang the lyrics over it. And then I probably re top lined it like four to five times. And I just threw the song away. And like, you know, it's this, this, I'm sure a lot of artists, you know, feel this way too. Um, when you're on a release and like when you're actively promoting something, it's just so hard to switch back into the songwriting, you know, side of your brain a little bit. And you start like, you start like overanalyzing yourself. You're like, what is my sound? What am I supposed yeah. to be writing about? You know? And then, and then you just go down weird rabbit holes. Like, <laughs> More rabbit holes. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all rabbit holes for me. Recently, <laughs> it's just been rabbit holes. Just different rabbit ones. hole after rabbit hole. It's like, it's like whack-a-mole, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm the mole. You've also done some TV work as a composer and lyricist for Sesame Street, something a bit different, I would imagine. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, at the time, I'm one of the managers for the McLovins, and he was one of, you know, one of my biggest mentors in, in yeah. music, uh, Bill Sherman. He, he was the, the director of Sesame Street. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he, he got me a bunch of gigs. There you go. Uh, writing, writing for Sesame Street. You know, I ended up writing you know, uh, you know, a song for Leon Bridges. I, I wrote a song for, well, originally the song was for uh, the Illumineers. No, it was for Mumford and Son and then the Illumineers, but they both passed on it. And then, and then Ed Sheeran took the song. Okay. So it, it was Ed, so Sheeran, Ed Sheeran and Leon Bridges. Yeah. Um, but you know, that I learned, a I learned a lot about, you know, songwriting back then because what, you know, for, if you're writing for a kid's show, especially Sesame street, you know, you gotta, you gotta trim the fat, you know, the songs are short. Yeah. One of the shortest songs I ever wrote for Sesame Street was six seconds long. Um, you know, and what like yeah, a I remember almost. Yeah, like you know, it's it's you get one chorus, you get two verses, and you got to make them count. So you got to make sure it's all like the it's all the meat. You know, yeah. so I learned a lot about that. That gig helped me become a producer and kind of you know help you know work with other people and you know like take what they're, I, I, you know, you start asking the question, like, what are you trying to say? Let's just say that, you know, let's not yeah. beat around the bush a little bit. Let's just get to the point. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's, um, it's definitely, I guess, something that's just formed you and all your musical experiences into, into what they are now and, um, and gaining experience in that world. It's pretty cool as well. You know, writing for, writing for TV and stuff like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got on the resume, you know? Yeah, it, yeah it, for sure. For sure. What have you, um, I was going to say, Jake, what have you got uh, else on the cards for this year or coming up that you're that you're looking forward to? Have you got anything particular planned that you can that you're allowed to talk about? Obviously, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> hopefully, I'm allowed to talk about this. Um, well, currently, as of uh, as of last week, we started a 10 week radio campaign uh, for Top 40 and Hot AC in America cool. for um, for Martyr, and it's the first time I've ever, you know done a radio done any, campaign yeah done 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 radio yeah yeah um which is which is pretty cool it's it's just cool that it's going to be out there um so i don't exactly know what what happens after that i just know <laughs> it's going to be out there um we have uh the we have some tours being planned um we've yeah, honestly we there's been a lot of there's a lot of emails back and forth for uh for where things are are headed um but I, I do think that this is a year when we uh, 
I really want to play in um, internationally. And we we have a couple talks, um, you know, because my the distributor we use, uh, Groover, which is an amazing service. Uh-huh. Artists should totally check out Groover. It's a great way to promote your music. Um, and luckily, they're they they're my distributor as well, and they're from Paris. And uh, I I there's talks of like trying to go over there. I, I would love to play internationally. It, it it's weird. You like look at the the streams on Spotify and Apple Music, and it's like it's such like a at least for me, it's like very global for like where people are listening. And it would be nice to try to like hit those points. I'd, I'd love to kind of you know connect the dots a little bit from the streams to the you know to make physical. Things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, I mean. Obviously, we've got the the tracks just um, releasing on January nineteenth, um, and you said you're playing the, the gig as well, and that's something to to kick it off. And I'm sure, like you say, it's kind of unknown. What's uh, it's kind of jumping into the unknown a little bit, but um, I'm just uh, giving you a follow. Um, the uh, <laughs> it's I mean it's uh, uh, yeah, man. It sounds like there's a lot um, kind of in the pipeline. Um, and it sounds like, uh, you know, the more energy and positive energy you put into it, which you are, hopefully there's some nice opportunities come along and I'm sure you've got a nice little following and a little army of fans that are, um, going to be, you know, um, I mean, I'm going to check out, um, your stuff and, uh, um, it's been a real pleasure catching up and, and talking about this stuff. It's been, um, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us again. Uh, yeah, yeah of course, man. Anytime, anytime, man. I love talking. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.